All right, we are live. Uh, we'll give it another minute, but um, everyone in the room, welcome to Architect Number Architect Network Number Twenty Five. We are in our quarter century, so I didn't even think about that actually. Um, <laughs> does university give you the architect skill set you need? Uh, this is a talk that we did before. This is like a part two of our discussion. Uh, I think the, the talk will be very uh, open. We'll hopefully hear um, from many of you guys in the audience on your own experience, what you guys think, how Architect Network can help. Um, and we're lucky enough to be joined by Hamza and Rashab. Hamza, welcome. I've seen you just joined in. How's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, sorry if I sound a bit off. I'm recovering from some illness at the moment, so... Uh... Oh. Yeah, just yeah. hopefully you're all right. Good to hear you yeah, up good. and up. <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. It's just, uh, yeah, if I sound a bit nasally, you know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't ask you too many questions then. We'll just, we'll, <laughs> we'll go easy on you. <laughs> good, okay. But no, I thought, so um, Hamza, I'm not sure if you, if you uh, knew that we did this talk uh, earlier on during, you know, our podcast and it was quite a fun one. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback, so we thought it's about time we run it again. This time we can record it so people can listen into it. And uh, I thought of both of you guys. So to, to introduce both of you to the audience, we have uh, Rashab Wadwa. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He's the founder of the uh, YouTube channel Blessed Arc, which is growing at an incredible rate. Um, and I've been lucky enough to uh, be invited on his YouTube channel. Uh, you're also a, I wouldn't say fa you're a fairly recent graduate. You graduated in 2018, right? And so, uh, I wouldn't, yeah, maybe not super recent, but you've just come out and you've obviously got a bit of experience. You're also teaching online. So I thought it'd be great to kind of get your experience, um, from your perspective and what you hear from your, your followers and your subscribers on your channel. And then we've also got uh, Hamza Sheikh, who's the founder of Two Worlds Design uh, YouTube channel, uh, who also has his own podcast. I thought both of you would be quite interesting. You're both, we've got two YouTubers again. I think last time we were joined by uh, Thomas Roundtree. Um, and Hamza, you, you more recently finished your master's at Westminster, and you've just uh, joined Make Architects. Uh, so you've kind of come out of that space uh, slightly more recently. So I thought it'd be great to uh, have both of you. You're both kind of already giving back to the world of architecture for doing your YouTube channels, but you're not too far away from being in that uh, university atmosphere. So thank you both uh, for joining us. Thanks, man. We also got... Uh, I'm totally glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you, man. We've also got Faisal, of course, and Guillaume. And Faisal, you are also in the middle of your master's at IAC, right? So you are a technically a current student. So I think it'd be interesting to, to have you in the mix. I don't know if you guys uh, want to add anything to your introduction, um, or maybe what would be interesting to talk about uh, your experience since you've uh, graduated kind of uh, what experience you have got, and maybe a little bit about why you ended up getting into the YouTube world. Uh, maybe we'll start with you, Rashab, um, on kind of what your experience was like going from university to, to in like practice or, or any kind of experience you had, and then why you went into the world of YouTube. Yeah, first of all, thank you for the lovely intro. Um, 
you know my youtube channel i started it back when i was in college itself like 2014 i used to just watch youtubers and um that is when i started my youtube channel but it was not until after i graduated is when i started taking it seriously and started making content on architecture so even though the page was called blessedark uh till 2018 it wasn't much of architecture it was some of it it is so um what happened was as i graduated it was where i was doing my internship so my boss had told me she said rishab you have a lot of energy you have a lot of enthusiasm and you have a lot of skills but you spread it in too many places if you like really spread it in one place you can really go ahead and do a lot i think she was talking about you know just focusing everything i have on architecture but i was like she's right and i think after i graduated i took a year and uh, uh i took a year to figure out if content creation was for me if i could actually get a job in the industry and uh that is what i did so whole after i graduated so my internship experience is actually the only practical experience i've had and since i graduated after that i have been uh creating content so i even made some content for architectural companies out there but i was making content in general as well and i was fortunate enough to get a job at a company called trip machine company which i just recently left like this year like this year is when i started doing blessed dark full time uh since 2019 i was working in trip machine company but um for our discussion there's one thing you know uh, that i really wanted to sort of speak about and that is the fact that when i was doing my internship we uh, i had also interviewed uh, my bosses for the channel i told them you know i have a youtube channel and i would love to interview you and they're like yes let's do it so within our discussions this one topic had come up where we said you know it's very different the field and the college like how you approach an academic project is not the same how you approach uh uh let's say a a project in the field of course there's a client there are needs there are bylaws and everything that which are more stricter and you know now you have to sort of uh, comply to them but also in terms of you know uh, we we were just talking about the fact that even timelines are very different when you're in the field what you took a whole semester to make in college now you have to do in like what a week sometimes you're given like 3 days to sort of come up with ideas and not just one come up with like multiple ideas so this was one thing that we were talking about that why is field and and the education space so different and my boss had told me one thing she said you know when you're actually studying you are learning how to design and that is why they give you that much time so that you can sharpen your skill set of how you're actually sitting and designing when you come out into the field there's a lot more to learn and by then your design part should already be strong enough so like and that is why when you come in you're given much shorter time spans that finish it faster because you already know how to design so design it and then we'll work on things uh, beyond that we'll work on because once you come out into the field you realize that designing is just just the beginning of of architecture in general it is much more like 20% of it was till your design stage after that is when the actual work starts in the field so uh, that was one of the most interesting things that she had told me and i think that is why 
a lot of times the field and the education space feel so different from each other because the priorities in both of them i think are very very different yeah i think that's that's definitely a point that we'll we'll come back to and you know a, a big reason why we started the architect network was because we just kept seeing this kind of gap between university and practice but yeah that's interesting we'll swing back to that but uh maybe hamza you can kind of uh, give us a quick summary of like how you've recently felt that transition from university to practice. Obviously, that's with the asterisks of that all happening during COVID. Uh, and then how you kind of came about to start your own YouTube channel. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I, I I had been, I started my Instagram journey very early on. Uh, I think that's the root of everything with my social media activity. <clears throat> Sorry. So when I was in sort of foundation year at university, that's when I started to, um, sorry, could, 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 could someone else jump in? I need to uh, attend to something and yeah. I'll come back in a minute. No worries, no worries. Yeah, no, I, Hamza's got a great, uh, Instagram page as well. He's, he's got a building a, a, a wicked little platform there, but, um, yeah, I think the, like you said, uh, Rashab, coming back to that kind of gap, you're totally right. University is like so much about learning to design. Um, you know, like almost 90% of your time was is learning how to design things, which is great. And that, that should be still the primary focus. But uh, we just kept seeing a lot of like, especially within the region of tech, obviously this is the architect network. So we're kind of uh, specifically, we'll talk about the, the kind of digital side and like the tools and programs uh, you need. Um, but we'll swing back to I don't know, Hamza, if you're back in. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, there, there may be some interruptions. It's no worries. It's very, very casual talk. My... So it's a free-flowing event. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So I was saying my Instagram's where it all started. And I think YouTube eventually came into the game when... I kept on uh, seeing through when Instagram was growing, more people needing, and I and I really emphasize need. They really needed guidance, and uh, that was a strange thing for me to 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 see and feel. Because to some level, I felt detached from that. Because when I was in university, I was so busy doing so many other things like trying to start a clothing line or trying to start an architectural brand or even, you know, crazy things like thinking about how I'm going to start a practice. So I was so busy doing all these things. Um, and also <laughs> trying to get through university, um, that I was a kind of, kind of oblivious to it until everyone on loads of people on Instagram started messaging me saying, how do you do that drawing? Or can you help me with my course? And, you know, how do I get through this and how should my portfolio be? And so, inevitably i thought well you know i've i've got a podcast because part of this story includes me starting a podcast which was looking at the more higher level stuff i would say more closer to academic or research level topics um but then i realized wait a minute there's the, there's the fundamentals there's the student side of things that really needs addressing too and then my my youtube content became more than just podcast it became you know typical content creation how to do a, a section type stuff and here's a procreate tutorial so that's that's a general overview yeah i think it's uh it's a great 
you touched on a great point there was like this this need and and kind of want for to fill that gap and to like provide a little bit of guidance to uh fellow students i mean i i do have to commend your you know your your guys generation as like new undergraduates or graduates um you know you look at like the landscape of youtube uh that's in the archi architect space um it's very much like recent graduates like uh you know the our first talk we had thomas on who's just going back to university i think um you've even got uh you know there's a there's a whole cohort of much younger uh architects like trying to give back already straight out of university and that's one of the reasons that like we were interested in doing this i'm we're we're uh soon to be joining the ranks of youtube when we felt like there's actually not that many people out there who are kind of talking at, um or adding to the discussion from a bit of experience in practice i thought that was something that was that was really missing and is why we're gravitating towards youtube uh with the advice of uh of steven and oliver from uh ups, upstairs and show it better um but yeah I, I was kind of interested to to think or to hone it in a little bit on what you guys think about the technology side because like we said university is so much about um you know design and you kind of learn to design which is a, a super important part but of course now as architects we're extremely digital like and i do feel uh sorry for students in, in a way in in that like you have this landscape of what seems like a million different programs to, <laughs> to learn uh which some of which may not be i don't know uh as usable in university let's let's take bim and revit for example if it may not be uh direct seem directly applicable yet as soon as you get into university uh, in, into the job market people are like well do you know revit and <laughs> and it's a very sought after uh skill set so i don't know how you guys felt like um coming from university into practice how did you feel there was a gap between uh that specific tech software side uh and you know you had to play a little bit of catch up or did you guys have quite a good experience with with the tools that you were taught in university um i i would just say you know the funny thing is at my university the only thing they taught us was cad and that was it and even when they were teaching cad it was it was quite bizarre i didn't get a word of what they were trying to say i had to learn it on my own later so um but I, I i would say there's a huge huge difference especially in the tech because when i entered you know when i went for my 6 month internship i was the only intern there who actually knew how to work on rhino and grasshopper and that is why all the projects that required rhino and grasshopper were sort of uh, if they needed an intern it was me that went for those projects and everybody else was mostly proficient in cad or maybe some other softwares but uh, nothing related to to parametric design or scripting and i think that is where in my uh, um internship itself i got to do a lot more things a lot of creative things i was involved in a lot more projects because of my skill set uh and that i saw that everybody did not have and the only reason i had that skill set is because my roommate was really interested in it when i was in college so he taught me a lot of what i knew he actually got me onto rhino 
and then we started grasshopper together but it it wasn't university initiated but it was us initiated and and that is what sort of took me forward when i was in my internship period so yeah i think especially when you're talking about softwares in universities especially in india i don't think people in the university itself are covering that much yeah so i guess it was the the environment of university taught you through collaborations but then really it's just just the students almost teaching each other in in your case but it's also interesting yeah. that you kind of had that little superpower of rhino and grasshopper and it sounded like that was a very valuable thing to have uh yeah that that was something you space essentially self taught yourself which is kind of yeah, interesting I, i mean that's one thing i do recommend to a lot of students is like the one thing you can come out of university with is maybe a little superpower in um you know it could be that you're kind of a grasshopper person it could be that you're like pretty good at visualization or something like that it's the one thing that you can actually leapfrog like you know you can't buy experience unfortunately experience is just accumulates over time it takes takes time to to gather it but so as you come out of university you only have so much experience um especially in some places they only start uh acknowledging experience from postgraduate so like even if you've done a few years in between your part 1 and part 2 in the UK for example um some places don't necessarily count it but um yeah the one thing you can have is like a little superpower and it sounds like that's exactly what you had this kind of rhino and grasshopper superpower uh that sounded like it made you kind of quite a valuable part of your team um hamza how was how was your experience coming from uh westminster and and your masters obviously with your masters you've kind of probably already gained a bit of experience by that point and you've you've started to grasp a few different tools but did you notice a big shift in in something that uh was needed when you went to practice and you didn't quite have that at university can you hear me yeah yeah so i think um the software question i've i've given different answers at different points in my life and i probably now um and i i i i look at it a bit simpler than what i think a lot of students get get worried about i think students think they need to get in something really really high end or like you know something that's kind of really on the edge of architecture so they can stand out to this to the to the employers and say look i've got this you know no one's even um mastered this software yet but i have and i i honestly think the best way to approach it is to get the fundamentals done really well and and then try to just dabble in a little bit of everything else and i and and i literally mean dabble because from my personal experience um i i found just by dabbling in revit when i was in my third year um and literally i wasn't i didn't even do revit properly i was using revit in such a ad hoc manner Uh, I somehow managed to get some 3D stuff done and then generate my drawings, and it was in this sort of BIM format, which exposed me to it. And I took this kind of leap of faith in my third year, where I was like, "Sod it! I'll just go for it. I'll just, I'll just do my entire project in Revit because I know no one else is really going to do that. But let me just do it, and I'll actually get way more uh, drawings out of it. And I, pr- I promise you, I was no way near proficient in Revit by the end of it. But I could still say in the interview." that um you know 
I've done an entire project in Revit and here's the results. And that was one of the reasons they, I, I was employed because as you guys will know, Revit is in high demand right now. Um, and so, you know, saying that, I think having a overall perspective on what is in demand uh, by speaking to people, by actually inquiring from the practices you want to work with and saying, well, what do you need? What do you work with? Um, what is ideal for me to know? And, and, and then just go and learn the basics. Um, I, I'd, I honestly think people get so, so bogged down with, with, with software. And I think unless you're like really entrepreneurially minded, really multidisciplinary minded, and you want to like go into some sort of animation related field or do something related to scripting and, 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 you know, uh, parametric stuff, then, then, you know, you just need the fundamentals. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great summary is, is exactly that the fundamentals. But I think what we found is there's a, there seem to be kind of two trends. It was either people are not being taught anything. So it's kind of very, you know, they may be taught one thing, you know, like in, in uh, Rashab's case of like just AutoCAD or, or some, you know, I think Thomas, when he was on, they were taught Vectorworks or something, what, you know, really specific because the head of the department was like connected to Vectorworks. They're either taught like, you know, nothing or, or something very specific, or there's this extreme of like, uh, students coming out with like the more experimental ends, like, you know, Houdini, for example, seems to be getting more and more popular, but this just like, whilst it's a, you know, wicked piece of software and there's like n nothing against a Houdini, uh, you just, you're going to find almost no practices actually using it to build architecture. You might find architects using it to, you know, create fun things and NFTs and, and stuff for social media. But uh, we found this gap. And I think that what you're saying is right, that, that one, we were kind of interested in just having conversations about what are those fundamental tools that are actually used? Because I think people are still, you know, unclear what tools are commonly used, whether you go, you know, Rhino, SketchUp or Revit or all these other kind of platforms. And two, yeah, I think I would recommend the same thing get that fundamentals, you know, start with a modeling platform, you know, understand what Grasshopper is, understand what Revit is, and then start to just pursue maybe the one that you're most interested in. Like if you're really into visualization, go jump into Twinmotion or Enscape or V-Ray or which, whichever one kind of interests you. And that was interesting to hear that you kind of, you're, you decided to go down the Revit route, which I can imagine was really useful when you came out of university. Were you taught? Revit at all specifically in you were saying this was in your part one right was were you guys taught it or was that kind of self-taught mostly um we had we we literally got of um professional came in and did workshops uh which you know, they weren't amazing. Mm. You know, we got like an hour or an hour and a half or something just to go through and, you know, tutorials uh, with a bunch of people with like a collective tutorial is always very difficult because usually people aren't progressing at the same rate. You know, it's never, that's never how it works. You, you, they'll teach something and then suddenly five hands go up and say, miss, I need, I need help with this part. Can you just come in? Yeah, and can we do that step again? 
And everyone's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, So you guys had a, a, a third party come in. It wasn't like part of a university kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, strangely. Um, this was in Canterbury as well. So I think, actually, I don't think that's quite strange. I think that's quite regular, um, at least from, um, from my... Wait, that's what happened. And I... I think I've got the the habit of trying to be, be be different to other people. So I was like, you know what, this is not going well. But what if I did my entire project with this software that no one really knows <laughs> how to use? And so then I was like, I was like, if I commit, I got to commit to. So I was like, okay, sod it. And I literally tested her more than anyone else in the. Essentially paying. I was gonna, I was going to milk it, and then I and and you know, she still wasn't enough for me. I I ended up then, um, kind of kind of self learning, but also just going up to random people who I knew were senior to me in masters levels, and telling them to come and you know show me that or how they think you would do that, and so I had this really intuitive learning process with Revit that. I was not proficient with it by the end of it, but I ended up with with work, which I then could take to the interviewer and say, "I did this on Revit." Yeah, that's super. I mean, it's it's so simple, but it 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 does really help when you get to that, uh, you know, finding a job stage. Um, I mean, this this is also one of the reasons I start, we started Architect Network was. I think I was questioning myself as like, you know, have opportunities to go and teach uh, at different universities like here in the US. Uh, I've had a few in- invitations to teach here. It's a little more difficult when you're on a visa, but uh, even if I could do it, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, I would, I do really want to teach. I feel like uh, I have this niche where I can, you know, really uh, teach things from uh, having some experience. But teaching at a university or, or I'm about to move back to London, I could go and, and teach at, you know, a university in London. I thought it's great, but, you know, it's a fair amount of effort and I'm really only able to teach, you know, maybe 50, 100 people who are privileged enough to, to go to university. Uh, with the same amount of effort, you can record that course or record that lesson and put it out there on YouTube or, or another uh, platform, which is something we're working away in the background recording right now. Uh, and we can get it out there way more efficiently than teaching at university. And, um, you know, I think that's one of our aims to maybe try and help fill that gap as a very quick and affordable way to um, get those kind of resources like you're talking about, Hamza, like with this somewhere where you can go and just get an overview, but also an in-depth of uh, different kind of platforms that you have. Um, yeah, I was going to say as well, I think it, it's always the right way to, well, it depends actually. How do you go about giving back to, because you, you were just talking about how you know, Rishab is doing amazing with, with giving back to people, giving back to the students. You know, I always debated um, whether I take the opportunity to monetize sort of a course or a crash course. Um, and maybe I have slightly more ethical battles with this than, than others, but I didn't know how I felt. Well, I know how I felt. I didn't feel good about getting recent graduates to, or, or people who are at, you know, at university now paying whatever they're paying huge amounts and then saying to them, 
oh look but i'm going to teach you stuff that really should be learning in architecture school but i'm going to teach it to you just pay me 50 quid and i didn't know how i felt about that and so you know then i thought wait a minute like universities should be doing that should be teaching them these skills um at least there should be the option for them to learn these skills at university and you know that in of itself is such a big 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 debate which i guess is the topic for today as well but i mean i'd be interested to know how about you know from a student perspective what would be the ideal way of going about doing it should there be external environments where students can go and learn these things uh, if they if you think they would be considered extracurricular in that sense or should the universities be really taking up more incentives to 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 teach these things in flexible ways offering way more variety to their course structure because just to finish off in terms of the financial side of things and the ethics of it as i was talking about i feel much more comfortable going to the university and and i and i'm in the process of doing this and i have done it um going to the universities and saying look pay me and i'll i'll provide that quality instead of me going off on youtube and kind of devaluing the university structure yeah i think that's that's a great great point you brought up and a great way to open it up to the audience to start raising your hands and let us know what you guys think yeah we've i mean we've had a lot of discussions about you know uh the the business model of how you do this because um on one hand i totally agree with you i think I, we you know i want to make as much content as accessible as possible hence we you know have this youtube side that we're developing where we can do quick uh videos that kind of take you through basics of of some specific plugin or some technology but then we'll also have uh kind of long format courses which we're looking at various different ways that you can monetize it whether it's like through a very affordable subscription through sponsorship through like you said approaching universities i mean i, I think there's um there's a an interesting perspective on one hand where yeah you want to um you know i think universities will always move slow so there's a gap right now it needs to be filled i think you know people like yourselves will be able to fill that a lot quicker and provide uh high quality content on the other hand i think uh at the same time i i don't want to advocate someone like yourself doing this for free because again we're we're getting into that situation of architects just working like crazy <laughs> for free <laughs> so there has to be that middle ground so also so you know one day you or, or we can can also hire other experts to kind of add to the you know your own platforms and things like that so i think the youtube channel approach is a nice way because it can be monetized but it's not like a direct uh the monetization is not necessary from the audience if you see what i mean um but yeah there is that that approach i'll be really interested to hear from the crowd if there's any students out there or like what they think uh would be a good format of like if you had an online platform that you subscribe to that's very affordable or um you know coming in and doing workshops what kind of format uh you guys would like to see tim i see you've come up onto stage good to see you how's it going Hey Ali, thanks so much for having me. I'm loving this conversation by the way, and I'm like resonating on so many levels. It's crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of share a bit of experience from the other side. Like right now my role is a regional design technology manager at Gensler, but if you look back at 2018 I was with HDR and 
was like a design coordinator job captain. And in two years, I got promoted two times. And it was like this interesting progression because I felt like a direct path to that was, I could say in large part because of, uh, I started a YouTube channel way back in 2015 and not because of the exposure I got on there, but actually because of how it forced me to think differently. And, you know, when you start to, and I, I went through a lot of the thought process around building a business and, you know, I, I bought all these, you know, self-paced learning books like value proposition design and whatnot. But then I started to learn, like, you know, it's it's about adding value into the marketplace, right? And then I started to kind of curate my own learning path um, to how to communicate that to people in my firm and try and, and like I heard earlier, people would place you on key projects and you get kind of better exposure internally. But I think the biggest thing I learned was it forced you to communicate technical information in a way that others could rally behind. Um which I feel like is always a gap when people start by learning the tools first and then they don't know how to connect that to business value. Um, and so I, I just, well, my, my main point was like, you can learn by, you know, listening and seeing something, but I feel like you don't fully solidify your learning until you attempt to teach it to somebody else. So, you know, being someone who started a YouTube channel in 2015 and I kind of pivoted to being on sevenfold now, um, but it's like, it's a great, great method. But I think the biggest undertone with that is just, you know, getting in the habit of attempting to teach other people. And when you kind of make that effort to attempt, it really, um, it really shifts how you understand it. So that was just kind of what I want to add. Yeah, I think that's just, reason. I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. I was, I'm looking at it right now. This looks cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I re it was a hard decision to be honest, because I had like, um, a bunch of followers under my personal name and then I felt like I learned so much in like four or five years that I decided to rebrand um, completely to, to sevenfold <laughs> I see sevenfold. yeah sevenfold so that's I'm, I'm actually I'm sitting down doing a lot of run inside stuff right now but I'm, I'm trying to roll out um, a whole bunch of stuff um, host you know live sessions but you know bandwidth and real world commitment yeah. um, <laughs> pulled me away from that I I was about to launch a bunch in April and then I got put on a project and it just, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll just leave it at that. It was decimating for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm experienced that as well. So, you know, obviously we've been doing the, these talks. We, we decided to kind of, you know, teach and, and, uh, approach architect network from three kind of means one being here on clubhouses as talks and podcasts Two being a YouTube channel, which I'm, you know, building some videos right now and I can totally emphasize with, uh, <laughs> with fitting that, that in between, uh, a work, work life and also moving and stuff like that. Uh, but then we'll also have a third platform, which will be our own website where we'll have like longer format, deep, deeper dive courses on exactly stuff like that. Rhino inside Revit grasshopper, all those, all those good stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really, it, it is a lot of effort, but it's, um, I mean, I, one of the reasons we got into this was teaching, I guess Guillaume and I were teaching a lot in-house at, at BIG, and I think um, we even saw that there was like uh, a need for for uh, all levels of, of like teaching stuff like Grasshopper to just improve the designers as a whole within the office. And then at the same time, I was also teaching online a lot and uh, for other people's platforms. And it was kind of interesting to hear the feedback from people that had done the courses. And I was like, 
because these things just went on someone else's platform and then I don't really know like if anyone watches it or like <laughs> you know what actually goes on and uh when you started to get people reaching out and like you know they they really enjoyed it it's very uh it definitely spurred me on to kind of think oh, I should should start up my own one and and help teach a little bit of this niche um but yeah I feel like it's it's something that uh, is growing, and I feel like the younger generation are, sh- are showing us up. The, the slightly older, <laughs> older generation, we have to get onto the. It does feel a bit weird starting a YouTube channel at, at like thirty three. It feels like it's a early midlife crisis situation, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a good fun so far. I can relate. Yeah, I mean, I can weigh in one more one more thought, and then I'll just get off the stage. I don't want to derail too much, but um, it's. It's so fascinating, like, because, you know, I when you go through all the thoughts, like, isn't this already being covered? You know, what about competition? But honestly, like, I remember getting approached by, you know, these recruiters on like Pluralsight or LinkedIn Learning. And, and then they looked at the numbers. And I'm like, these numbers don't make sense for me, you know? And so that's why I love Clubhouse, because it's it's like you can kind of it's like direct to consumer, right? We can build a network of trusted people. You know, you can you can have that conversation. Um, and you can actually weigh in on like, I want to learn about this. And I'm wondering about that question. And you can, you know, even if there isn't a video or course ready for you, maybe there will be one soon. Um, and I think having those referral networks, I feel like that's been the biggest value I've gotten out of social media has been just the exposure, you know, like connecting to people I never would have known otherwise. Um, and, you know, eventually I'll probably try to monetize it. <laughs> I'm working on that. But, um, you know, I think the collective knowledge, right? People who have had experiences you haven't had and you learn how to ask better questions and listen first um, can just multiply how fast you move in your career. And what I'm excited about with all this is that you can really define, hey, this is how I want to practice. Like for me, I don't need to stamp my name on a building, but I would love to stamp my name on to like thousands of people who then go change the world. You know what I mean? Like I love teaching. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just you can define your own path today, which is crazy cool. I mean, for sure, the 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 network part of it, and you know, uh, Hamza, I've I've never met you, Rashab, I've never met you, but uh, you know, Rashab, we've collaborated a few times, completely digitally. Hamza, I'm sure, uh, you know, I've I was watching your videos for a, a, a good few months before, you know, we contacted you. Maybe we'll meet up when I'm when I'm back in London. Tim, also, you know, now I know you a little bit more but we've never met so yes the 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 beauty of clubhouse i think we will and you're welcome in san diego by the yeah. way too. that's where i'm at well, san so. diego is a good spot <laughs> we can um yeah you know if you want to go surfing and, and do some coding like yeah yeah so. <laughs> Dude, that's the, that's the dream eh? surf uh in the evening or the morning and then I want some rain and <laughs> If you want some rain and just yeah, hit me up. I'm, yeah, I'm heading your way. I'm, I'm coming back to. Guys, if anybody's coming to India, loads. I would to love India. to come to India. I mean, you can get all sorts of weather in India. I think. I mean, there's an interesting point on um, on India where it just seems like there's a huge architecture community out there that seems very thirsty for you know learning what's new. You know parametric design computational design whatever you know which yeah. is really interesting and it's Huge, almost yeah. like the younger generation are kind of leapfrogging the you know uh current generation let's say um which is really interesting i mean how is that from your perspective because you're kind of you're you're a very well-known uh you know youtuber and archie 
archie tech person in in that space so how's how's that been um before i get on to that i would just say that you know the the fact that tim was talking about you know when you start teaching the software i have so on my channel i usually don't ever do tutorials uh it was just i think one tutorial that i'd done a few months back and even that i struck i usually don't struggle as much with videos because i've gotten used to making them the tutorial i was like listen i need to slow down i need to explain this i need to explain that so it's hard to explaining things to people then it's just a lot of great videos own. where yeah you're not doing a I've seen you've done the grasshopper tutorial or something like that before, but you're doing less of a you yeah. know, tutorial on how to use this program, for example. But you do teach a lot about uh, architects and architecture and like the story behind it, which I think is also. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the whole the whole channel is about having conversations about architecture, uh, learning, you know, uh, people's journeys, and through that, you know, trying to make your own journey. And I think the whole channel is about that. So, uh, so kudos to all of you who sort of do create tutorials out there. So, um, you know, there's a huge, as you said, there's a huge, huge community here that is interested in, uh, you know, learning online. I think one of the prime reasons for that is again, as I said, um, obviously one of the prime reasons could be with so many, this is like almost, we're a billion. So in sheer numbers, there'll be many of us. But uh, I would say, you know, it it wasn't just my university that didn't teach anything uh, in terms of software. It is generally in universities in India, you are not taught a lot of software, tech, 3D printing. There are very few universities that actually have 3D printers in them. You know, I, I collaborated with uh, Mateus for recent videos and I was his university has a whole robot I, I know one robotics lab in india i'm sure there are more like i personally know one his university had so much he had access to so much while he was studying which all is not present when you're in india so i think that is why uh, now that we see our counterparts from all over the world getting access to so much technology getting access to so much education i think that is where this thirst comes from for a lot of people uh, the more we get connected with a wider community outside uh, the more people want to sort of uh, learn and explore and try new things. And I think that is where this whole sort of uh, sheer numbers of people wanting to learn is coming from. Again, because there is also a demand when you go out into the field, uh, slowly and steadily, more and more people are, you know, moving trying different things in architecture. So so they, they like to hire people who are efficient or proficient in different softwares, have different skill sets, can try different things. And university might not be progressing at the same rate as the field is. So when you do not get it in your university, you obviously go outside and look for it. And I think that is where so many people are tuning in from. Yeah, I think, I think we're in such an exciting time to be architects in term just from the perspective of like the technology that's on the horizon that's available now or shortly will it be available and at the same time you know you're able to share this knowledge a lot uh with a much wider net than just through a university like uh i think i i'm really interested when people reach out from 
Uh, I recently was just talking to someone from Nepal about like their experience and like how uh, university is in Nepal. And there's a huge, also a huge audience and, and um, group of young architects in South America, all over the place. So it's a really interesting time. Faisal, I don't know actually if you might chime in with, with your experience currently in university, but also with uh, university back in Nigeria, for example, and, and you know, because that's also another space which I really see uh, there's interest in. I've, I, you know, have a few people reaching out from that part of the world as well. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to get your perspective on that. Yeah, so um, I actually, I, I relate with a lot of what Rashad was saying um, earlier and also his last point. Um, in university, the, the, when I did my bachelor's, uh, they taught us Archicad and AutoCAD which, you know, it was one of the most useless uh, courses because when I started practicing, you know, it was <laughs> it was pretty much useless. You know, I was using SketchUp, I was using Revit, a bit of Rhino. So I had to kind of learn it on my own and also sort of on the go. You know, I was lucky enough to have supervisors that sort of, you know, gave me tips and, you know, um, taught me little shortcuts with using the softwares. And, um, yeah, so I had to kind of learn it on my own. And the universities didn't really... Um, they didn't they didn't give too much importance to the softwares but i'll also say that i i think it depends a lot on what kind of university you go to so for example with uh, a university like iac which is pretty much very focused on softwares you know it's a it's a masters in advanced architecture so their pretty much main focus is software so they teach everything from you know the the rhinos and grasshoppers to sort of coding softwares like arduino um so there's, I guess there's two types of university that you can, you can go to. And as students, it might, you know, okay, this, this might sound like I'm caping for universities a little bit, but you know, there's no one here to defend them. So I'll play, I'll play devil's advocate. <laughs> so um, I think as students, there might be some responsibility on us as well to choose the kind of universities we want to go to. So we might, you know, we might have the responsibility to choose whether we want to go to a university who is not focused on softwares or one that is. And I've kind of attended both, so I have kind of both experiences uh, of them. And um, before I get to, to your second question, Ali, I did want to touch on the first question you asked, um, Rishab and Hamza, and uh, in terms of sort of the difference between universities and uh, practice. And for me, one of the biggest um, difference I experienced was in, in university, you're sort of the sole proprietor of a project. You know, you, it's kind of like your baby. You know, you do everything from concept to the design to the sort of uh, presentation and to, to you know the, the, the lecturers or tutors and it's your baby the whole way through and you're the only one working on it um in 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 practice it's very different you're kind of slotted into this big massive project you know within the company you might be part of one department where you have you know you have the design department conceptual department technical design interior department etc but not only within the company but even outside you have sort of clients developers contractors subcontractors so you're a very small part of a major, major sort of machine, right? And that to me was one of the biggest things I had to sort of adapt to because we're not taught that in school. You know, you're taught to, to design something from start to finish and treat it like your baby. You're not kind of taught to collaborate with other people and sort of find your way, you know, in navigating in that. So I, I feel like that's a big difference. That's interesting. I, I um, had in my master's, yeah. they made us do a final project in groups um so which i had which had like there was a lot of group work actually in my masters which has pros and cons one it had a con that like because i switched universities like in in the uk you can 
you know, go to different ones uh, for your undergraduate and your master's. So I wanted to mix it up. And so because I was new there, immediately you're getting into groups like the people that came back already knew each other and already knew what they were about and that kind of stuff. So they they were able to kind of uh, connect a lot quicker. But then I thought we, we what we were able to achieve was was really great because you obviously there's three people working on a project rather than uh, just one. But then I, I did have when I got into like interviews and stuff like that. Uh, I had like a, a couple times they were like, well, since you're in a group, how do I know what you actually did? <laughs> Which is super frustrating because you were like, no, I actually did this stuff. But they were like, well, <laughs> you can ring the other guys up, I guess. But <laughs> So I've, I had the, the pros and cons of that side. I think there's definitely should be like group projects in, in university. But yeah, it's that collaboration thing is, is definitely a, uh, an important aspect. Um, at this point, I would invite anyone to come up onto the stage, put your hand up, and like let tell us your experience, what you feel. Uh, did you find a, have this gap between university and practice? And like, would there be a uh, if there was a platform or something you go to? Like, what would that kind of look like? Or uh, I know we've got some students on the stay, uh, not on stage, in the audience, and some practitioners. So come on up. Uh, we have debate me. Uh, <laughs> I hope this is not a challenge, but yeah, debate me. What's going on? Hey. Hi. How you doing? Um, I would like to disagree, like to disagree with. Uh, oh, with... Oh, okay, there we go. Um, I'd like to disagree very strongly with. Um... Okay, not disagree, but I would say that no. Um, university, no form of schooling or education gives you the mindset um, or skill set that is required, well, to my my level of analysis. So I would say, okay, education gives you knowledge. It doesn't tell you why we know what we know. So if an individual, in, in so saying this, we therefore have a lot of individuals who are are very able to regurgitate information but not assess the truth and validity of the information that they're prescribing and this in 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 conclusion well we're lacking creativity in so many cases individuals tend to do better because they spend hours and hours doing work rather than them being able to express forms of creativity just based on how we educate our kids it's just a test of regurgitating information rather than creativity and focusing on inductive processes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's a... I don't, I don't know if it, if you are from an architecture background or something like that. I feel that um, architecture, you don't get that as much, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, at school, I, I wasn't a great like um, retainer of, you know, a classic tester so to speak of like you know you absorb the information in this book you remember it you go to a test and you basically spit it back out <laughs> hopefully in the form of a multiple choice question like <laughs> format and yeah I, I've never really it was just like I felt like a lot of those people gravitated towards you know becoming doctors or lawyers because it seems very much that's that's actually what the role is you're just kind of retaining inform, absorbing information and regurgitating it whereas architecture i don't it's first of all university wasn't 
uh, I have very rarely had any kind of formal test, so to speak, where you're sitting down and have an exam or something like that. It's very much heavily coursework based, which requires you to be more, you know, it's based around creative thinking and creative problem solving. But, um, but yeah, I, th- I, I think what you're alluding to is a, is a much bigger debate on kind of how we approach teaching in general, correct? Uh, I would agree with I that. I think that, you know, I, I would, maybe I'm a little bit biased. I think architecture is a little more better at that. Like architecture school is a little more be- better. But uh, I too, I do totally get what you're saying, Specific, spe- especially in school or, or like high school, as it's called in, in America. Um, that's very much the case. Eh? Sure. Can I, can I say one more thing? I completely agree. And I think Clubhouse is a perfect demonstration of what I've said. So um, individual X, here's individual B with a certain set of qualifications. They said it, therefore it must be true. So our measure of information and knowledge is simply that what is said by quote unquote professionals. If that's the case, we're screwed. Because Western medicine believes that there's no cures for cancer at the moment. But if we look at other regions throughout the world, well, actually, they've been curing similar diseases and cancers using medicinal you know, properties from, from herbs and plants, etc. for centuries. And, and if, if that is not a representation of do we have the skill set necessary for life? Definitely not. And, and Clubhouse is a perfect demonstration of this. An individual should be able to challenge an expert on their beliefs uh, and not just take things at face value. But I agree. I think architecture would be different because it encourages creativity. But in general, I would say no for all, the, all other classes. Well, most. Yeah, I think we're, we're also, I mean, we could open up a can of worms here, but <laughs> we're also in an, in an era where I don't think people really question maybe information and stuff that's in front of them as much as they should like especially in this world of you know i just want five seconds just give me something i want to be entertained through what i think is information not actually critically think or actually use my brain (laughs) but yeah that's that's a whole that's a whole other talk that we'll (laughs) we can swing back to um but no thank you for thank you for coming up um do we have uh I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Sorry if I, I have uh, messed that up. But yeah, do you want to add anything to the conversation or your experience or Tapiwa? Tapawa? No? Or uh, Kanika? I see you've come up as well. Oh, hello? 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 Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Nice to have you. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I- Thank you. Um, I wanted to comment on when we're talking, uh, I think it's Rishab was talking about how their university only teaches them Akikad. So I'm a student and here in... Oh, we've, we've lost you for a second there. Oh, is it just me? I can't hear. Oh, I can't hear. Hello? I think you're back. We can hear you. Yeah, I think we're Hello, can you hear me? I think you're good now. Okay. Yeah, I was saying here uh, at our university, because I'm a student in Zimbabwe, we only learn Akikad and AutoCAD 
And then I think first year we were taught SketchUp. And then they encourage us to do our own research on other softwares, on how to, do, how to use other softwares for architecture, right? So I was thinking these platforms like Clubhouse and Blessed Acts YouTube page really help us in learning all these courses. I don't know if it would uh, be possible or it would work if our universities would incorporate all these, uh, learning all these uh, other softwares whilst we have all these other courses, but then coming to the YouTube channels and hearing conversations on Clubhouse helps us because we are doing it in our own spare time and we're also learning a lot. And with YouTube tutorials, I can always refer back at any time of the day, even if it's in the middle of the night, if I'm working on a project and I decide, let me take a break, I can always start uh, learning a certain software and yeah, I was just to say that these platforms or these uh, YouTube tutorial pages or even Instagram pages are helping us a lot. Because even like when I was watching for your uh, thing that you did with Blessed Hack, and then you guys were talking about Inkscape and Rhino, and then I didn't know anything about that. Then I asked my classmates, does anyone know these things? And then I think I found two people. <laughs> Who knew about that? And then one of the guys said that he learned Rhino from YouTube tutorials. Because I was like, I oh, should teach me. And then he was like, I ah, use YouTube tutorials. So yeah, they're very helpful. And then there's another thing I wanted to say something about. Uh... Okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah come I back on if you remember. I always do that. <laughs> but no, that's that's really great. Um, I mean, it's awesome to to hear the impact that like uh you know Rashad's YouTube channel has it's it's so great to hear that feedback and like because yeah you you kind of I guess you you can see that people have watched it but you don't really know who these people are and and like how it has actually helped them or not helped them and how it could have been better so that's awesome to hear um Rashab actually we should also mention that uh one of the the um, portfolio reviews that we recently did uh, got picked up. One of the one of the guys' portfolios got picked up, and he's uh, just landed a job. I won't I won't uh, tell you where, but it's a it's a really interesting uh, story. Yeah. That hopefully, he emailed me as well, but I do not know if he landed his job or not. He emailed me that he got like a. I, I heard that he, uh, he was offered the job, but I, I won't. I won't spoil it yet oh, until it's confirmed, but that's hopefully, so yeah, maybe that's something yeah. we'll, uh, we'll do it. We'll swing back and you, you can put on the Instagram page or something when it's official. Also, this is so, I mean, so good to hear because I mean, you do see numbers, you see countries, you see all that in analytics, but of course, um, you, you don't know people. It, I mean, at the end of the day, it's yeah. just you and me on our webcams doing that shoot and then putting it up. But it, it impacts, it touches so many people and it's amazing. Um, when you hear about it, it's amazing. Like, I, so people come up to me and say things like that and I don't know how to respond. I'm just glad I can be helpful and it just um, no, overwhelms me sometimes. Your channel's growing a lot, so it's good. Um, I see we've got Kan Kanika. Uh, you've come to stage. How's it going? Hey. Hi, hi, Oliver. It's going nice. Uh, thank you, all of you, for this, uh, you know, platform where we can all discuss the things that we think is still missing in or, you know, lagging behind in architecture. It's like really good initiative. 
actually one thing i really felt uh, with the platforms with tutorials and everything is that uh, actually i'm recently i've recently graduated in 2021 uh, from for my bachelor's so uh, the thing is that while these uh, tutorials do teach us mostly about how to use a particular software and everything as uh, uh, recently into the market i sometimes feel that there's a huge lag in between how these uh, particular softwares are actually used in a design you know as in um, uh, let's just say that uh, when a tutorial comes up you you learn how uh, a grasshopper works okay like but in my internship i realized one thing that what is done in uh, a company and what is done in college is like very very different you you basically use a software in altogether a next uh, scenario or like on a level i think that 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 yeah, needs that's... to be bridged right and this was a big inspiration to start the architect network was to to teach from the perspective of of being in practice for a, a decent amount of time like you know Guillaume and and myself for example we've we've not spent any time in academia we've not spent time in research or that kind of stuff it's it's we've been working in practice so i think that was one of the things we've been trying to teach like how are these tools actually used behind this veil of uh these practices and for example uh, for those of you who follow our, our instagram page uh yeah. one of the features that we've just released is the project programs where we show we're actually reach out to you know people that we're connected with at different practices we ask what programs you actually used on this project so uh you know obviously we know what's used in the office at big there's also um we've already got entries from un studio zaha and uh we should have a good few others uh so that you guys can actually see what programs were actually used to develop a particular project at a particular practice so uh hopefully that's something that will help uh shed a bit of light on what's actually used and in practice and uh will follow up with how these tools are actually used in terms of tutorials and things like that but yeah i think that's a really good point that we we also found there's a there's a huge difference between learning revit for example and then actually using it on a project but um yeah sure also can i share one more thing actually uh, what i felt was that uh, sometimes uh, like this is what i have been looking for in any youtube channel or something that i did not find uh, the thing is that I think it would be better for uh, any of you. Like I know Rishabh is doing great work, Hamza is doing great work. You are obviously doing great work. So if there's somebody who can take a project and make it go through different levels, uh, like not just design development, but even to detail, detail drawing, construction, or everything, uh, so that the projects, you know. when a person comes out of the college they can literally learn uh, that how the project is because on internship you work on a single thing you know you, you you're there on just uh, you know this particular framework 
I think it would be really, really beneficial for uh, new graduates if we can see through a method how a particular project, maybe a very small one or, uh, you know, a medium kind of uh, level, but a small, a medium project that goes through all these levels by and being taught by somebody who uh, is, you know, doing it in a, uh, in, who, who's a who can see these uh processes and you know uh, interfere in them and uh, you know what to do and what not to do in every level i guess i think that would be great taking one project and making it go through all the softwares all the workflow and all the level of drawing I'm like this is just a suggestion sorry i just want to if i could come back on that uh kanika so useful yeah. for me to hear because uh, it, it uh, positive in thinking that uh, what I'm about to do, my YouTube channel is gonna is gonna work quite well. So um, I'm I'm gonna be doing a becoming an architect uh, series on my YouTube channel, where I'm gonna vlog the process of my I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing my part three at the at University of Cambridge, where I'll complete my full qualification, and I'm gonna take everyone through that journey and just kind of uh, record the process. And in doing that, you follow my you will you will be following my project, and you'll be learning the ins and outs of everything from from start to end. And I'll literally because I, I don't you've probably heard about part three, but part three is taking you through all the non-design aspects of an architectural project, the things that no one really gets taught at university in the uh, in the sort of part one and part two levels. So um, it's really good to hear you say that because I. Many people have that concern. They don't. So, yeah, and likewise, you've uh, you've read our minds because that's that's going to be our first course that we're releasing. We're working on an architect 101 series. We'll be taking a big project uh, to be confirmed um, from concepts in Rhino all the way through to documentation in uh, Revit, specifically looking at you know, the tech and the software side. But I think we will also touch on some structure methodologies, material methodologies, and things like that as well. So uh, towards the end of the year, hopefully, we will be releasing, hopefully, exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> Pamza's stuff, you're going to get you're gonna get a double whammy <laughs> of what you just requested. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, that's great. Uh, just one last thing. It would be amazing if you can also include the economy part of it. Like uh, Rishabh just said a really nice thing. Uh, he said that, you know, 20% of a, uh, of architecture project is designless. The 80% of it is like uh, on different uh, stages. So uh, I guess that when uh, we are designing, you know, uh, just, uh, just this, that, you know, it would be better uh, economy part how big companies deal with that part and does it even matter that much and you know everything like that would be great and thank you again all awesome. of you thank you for coming up and uh and sharing uh sure i i just wanted to ask if i could um so i think i think one of the questions i asked earlier and i still would like to get people's thoughts on it, i don't know if it's really been answered uh, well i'll ask it in a bit more of a kind of uh, explicit way is people think is the the future of of uh, kind of education the university is approaching and the way we're 
courses I see emerging and COVID kind of catalyzed this. I think we're losing you a little bit there. Um, Do you want to repeat that again? Sorry, I think we lost bits. I think you're good now. Can you hear me? Uh, so, yeah, my son's singing in the back. Apologies. Um, just saying, what do people think about the, what, what's going to happen with the future of university education? Is it is it is there going to be a traditional university structure in like five to ten years' time, or are people going going to be able to get their qualifications, or not even qualifications, their opportunities to enter straight into the workplace without university? Because right now, everybody, especially in the UK, sees yeah, it as a super interesting as a must. question. I mean, I, I mean, I can see on one hand that universities or like where you will start to, you can already see that people are learning in a hybrid, right? They go to university for you know the, the certificate almost and the literally the qualifications. Of course, you're learning a lot. There's also the social aspect of going to university and meeting people and, and hanging out and all that kind of stuff. But then already you're seeing, you know, in the architecture world, they're supplementing that with education from YouTube or online courses or whatever it is uh, that's filling this gap in university and practice. So I think what's... What, on the other hand, as well, in America, for example, like here, just universities are just so expensive. Like kids are coming out of university with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and for degrees where what they earn is they're never going to be able to pay that back. So I think there's a little bit of trust that's been lost in universities as well. Like, you know, they've just turned into almost like money making machines in, in some cases. And, um, you know, maybe the next, I can't, I may, I don't quite have the answer for you, but I feel like I can definitely see a hybrid emerging now and maybe we'll see more um, online courses will start to dominate at, at the same time the UK and the RIBA is like um, reconsidering how to reformat becoming an architect with the apprenticeship programs and things like that. So I could definitely see it, you know, taking attack. Um I think it's the, the London School of Architecture, which is a new school in the UK, have a new, a slightly new approach, which is a bit more kind of. I'm not sure if Hamza, if you know this, is it is it to study there or, or yeah, is it free to study at the London School of Architecture? Is it what? Sorry, it's very affordable. Or... No, no, it, it is a reduced it, rate, right? but you, you also earn to... while you study, so uh, it's it's definitely. It's it's one of the best initiatives that I've seen. Well, that I kind of know. There's probably others people know about, but it, it's a remarkable thing to to be to be kind of around in my network to see people, they graduates, and just seeing how they're kind of tuned differently. Um, and it, yeah, I, I think LSA is the, a great example. What I've seen with LSA is that they came in as this kind of fringe uh, kind of university template and almost didn't want to be classed as university, but ended up becoming uh, classed as a university. So, you know, with all of, with all of, oh, no, wow. I'm, I'm on the you phone. You can join now. him in. <laughs> with, with, all of the, yeah. with all of these people, <laughs> he agrees, with all of these people who, are, who, who might end up you know, like let's say Architect Network collabs with 
with two worlds design and we end up having a really good uh, kind of in- intake of people who want to crash have a crash course of a of a you know full architectural qualification and we speak to the RIBA to give us a qualification power I, you, you still end up being another university to some degree i, I think universities will never yeah, get just... will never get rid of they're just yeah, going to change. I think and be it, way they'll, they'll be disrupted and, and become more digital. Maybe even the idea of even going to campus will will be completely, you know, uh, rethought. I mean, you're, you're already seeing it in the UK as well. Like every university now has like a London branch. Like you know, I went to the University of Liverpool. Now they have a University of Liverpool in London, which is kind of like this little satellite office or satellite university. Um, yeah, and you can also see like Design Morphine. They have got uh accredited as the first like masters so they were you know they've transitioned from doing these kind of online workshops and online courses to then becoming a um you know a fully fledged uh you know master's program that you can do completely online so i think i would definitely see a trend in that direction um and further away from um you know traditional university more more kind of online based so the future is online the futures I, I mean that's that's again where i think the power of creating a architecture platform where you can kind of teach a specific niche and maybe it's a combination of all these different platforms coming together at some point maybe rashab will create the avengers of uh of <laughs> all these different online architects and and bring us together um but yeah i think it's it's going to be a really <laughs> It'll be really interesting. I mean, you kind of already are in a way. You you have like this group of people that you interview and bring together. So, yeah, I I can. Yeah. But also, I mean, adding to the to the online, you know, university chat, you know, I think it's. I mean, speaking from personal experience, especially at an undergraduate level, you know. I don't think turn if it turns completely digital, it'll be. I can't see it happening. Uh, especially in India, obviously, it'll take a long, long time if it even happens. But you know, you can learn skill sets, you can learn uh, different things when you're doing it online. But when when you're actually learning design, when you're actually, uh, you know, because majority part of of especially uh, especially when you're in an architectural course is you know that design going to people looking at other people's design critiquing talking to each other getting more stuff out of each other uh, sitting in juries those different conversations that you have at it's different places which i again because on, I said it's very though, valuable uh what can you hear me yeah exactly and uh, you know it, it's just doing things online, even though it's it's super comfortable, it's super uh, accessible, it's also super isolating. And I don't think if you're completely isolated, you can design that well because you you're not forced to see different perspectives in that sense. Yeah, uh, so which I, you I, are I've when you are surrounded. Initially, by the the hybrid approach is going to be the kind of move forwards, but. 
you know, what, like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Hamza is, is suggesting, I know there's a, there's other platforms as well that are kind of like, you know, talking to universities. Maybe we can teach this part of the university. Uh, and yeah, maybe that's it. It's like a hybrid of the traditional, of the, the digital crew, uh, which can... To, like like Hamza was saying, you know, when right. he was studying is when those third parties were coming in and teaching you the different things that you needed to be taught. I think more collaboration like that with universities in general itself, uh, that, especially that part could be online. Uh, I don't think, you know, completely uh, it would take over that the whole course becomes digital. I think it'll be a little counterproductive, especially to the field of architecture, the whole thing goes digital. And, and just to clarify as well, I, I think that exactly the same thing as Rishabh. I think part of the whole university experience and being an environment of learning, uh, a major part of that is is to actually be in the environment of learning physically. Um, and I, you know, it'd be good to hear what Faisal thinks because I think you know Faisal's been doing a, a high level course digitally. And then what he thinks of that. But in my perspective is very similar to Rishabh. You, you need to be in that environment. And, um, you know, it's just, it will we'll probably end up going into that, uh, you know, the same thing with what's been discussed with the future of office spaces and arguing that the space, even if it just acts as a social hub or whatever. Yeah, um, Hamza, I, I definitely agree with you. And we had a, we had a talk about this on um on Rat Lab about this specific topic, right? About whether it's uh, it's better to do a completely digital architecture course or um or have it in person or sort of hybrid. Um, with my course, uh, as much as you know, I, I've been taking a you know a master's course in Dubai, but the university is in Barcelona in Spain, and we've been having sort of uh, group projects and and submissions and all that. And, you know, as much as sort of Zoom helps us interact with each other on a daily basis and, you know, share files and, you know, um, design projects and whatnot, th there's still limitations, right? Even even, even in, in things like having to 3D print or having to use laser, laser cutters or, or make models, right? You have to be there in person. And, you know, even apart from the so sort of social interactions, there's still limitations that, you know, you can't completely... Um, do digitally. So I definitely think a hybrid course is probably the future of architecture. I think um, it's probably going to be something like studio courses being in person and perhaps um, uh, design design lectures being in person. And then you have sort of the, the workshops and the software uh, tutorials being, um, being uh, digital or online. Because um, I think it also depends on sort of what you're learning and how you learn. So for something, maybe learn it at your own time, like at your own pace where you can sort of uh, replay videos you can you can you know watch the videos at your own at your own time at your own pace um so it's probably better to learn it that way but for something like studio course you know as Rashad was saying you want to sort of walk around the studio um get inspired by certain projects ask questions about you know someone's concept or someone's uh, method or whatever so so yeah i definitely agree with both of you i think um a hybrid course is probably what we're going to see in the future um I think yeah, I, I definitely see that. The social side is also super super important. I mean, most people go to university for the social side. I mean, some people just go literally to to, to go out and have a few drinks, and <laughs> they pay a lot of money to do it. <laughs> you know what I'd love to see, and I'm gonna share with you something. I guess kind of private in a sense. Like my dream is to eventually 
be part of a school or like even run a school that is that is the complete opposite of of like digital world instead it's like you go on a retreat and you go and you, you know you stay in somewhere remote or rural and you actually you're with a close group of people. it's like a little tribe and you know you're learning intensely but you're also connected to nature and you're balancing your life out and to some degree you know, you're you're actually going off and building and and getting your hands onto the actual project as well. It's not you, you know to completely separate ourselves from the di- digital world as well. I feel like those types of things are going to emerge as well because we talked about you know we talked about the kind of mentioned the symptoms of COVID, um, not in the actual clinical sense, but in in terms of the, what it's affecting architecture education, and that you know it's going to make people go more digital. It's also going to make people go even more, you know, completely opposite of digital. And I've seen things that are becoming more popularized now with um, Studio Bark, for example, in, in the UK, who are like taking students out for these like almost excavations to go and learn and uh, actually build something. Uh, there's, there's a few other initiatives like that. Like an architecture burning man. <laughs> that would be super fun, actually. Like what, Sorry. <laughs> Like an architecture, you know, Burning Man. I guess, oh, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alpha Studio was kind of doing that, take, literally taking students it, to Burning Man. Um, it, I don't think that was uh, 100% focused on... on just architecture, yeah. <laughs> on learning. <laughs> but there, I know the, the AA have some um, digital fabrication course, which is in the middle of nowhere. They have a little fabrication lab. I don't think it's quite what you're touching on where they, like, live out there and kind of connect but um just as you were saying it that's one that does spring to mind but yeah i do agree there's there's that new appreciation for that that connection especially that connection to nature and stuff like that um i've seen we got uh diksha i haven't uh missed you there i've seen you've come up do you want to jump into the conversation or anything yes please hi good evening uh i'm diksha um so we were talking about uh the flexible online uh, programs, right? So I just wanted to jump up here and say that I am actually uh, a candidate of the Design Morphine uh, degree. Um, And I just wanted to share why I chose it. Um, So while uh, looking at postgraduate programs, I also got accepted at the AA, the um, IAC, among others. Um, And I wanted two things. I I think somebody mentioned that there are two types of degrees right now, uh, two types of programs, one that is very software uh, focused and one that is, you know, kind of um, experimental architecture, uh, you know, leaning towards and I wanted both. And I actually found it really, really tough to choose between IAC and uh, specifically uh, the DRL at A, uh, which was what I applied for. So I ended up choosing the DRL and uh, signing up for the online course, uh, online master's degree for design morphine, because that focuses on software. And it has that certain flexibility uh, that would allow me to learn everything and you know, uh, kind of make it a full rounded education at once. Uh, I know it's, it kind of sounds like I've taken on a lot at once, but I really hope I can do this do this well. So yeah, I, I do are you doing both of them together? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. I hope. I mean, I, I'm. I hope you're not stressed out or getting too 
Mm, no, actually, no. I think I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it's going to be intense, but I really hope I can pull through and make it to the end. That's um, great. I mean, I hope you pull it off. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because both both of them have two different aspects to them, don't they? One is research, and one is software based. So I thought they both can like feed off of each other and supplement each other rather than you know um, being stretched out. That's what I was hoping for. Interesting. I'd love to hear how that goes. Because yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's like. <laughs> they're both going to complement each other so that there's probably going to be a lot of crossover of like you know let's say there's a course on maya you're probably going to be using the maya for the drl and uh at the end of it you'll come out with two two masters instead of one so get two for the price of one almost <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah that's really yeah. interesting i yeah maybe this is the f- future hamza is is like this hybrid did you choose your digital university and your physical university but yeah, I'm 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 worried then that uh, we we might deter even less students from becoming architects because you have to do, you have to do two universities at once. But um, well, you know what? You know, it kind of. T- I mean, I'm definitely no wise old man who can give you like super amazing information. But I've learned a few things so far, and I feel like one of the things I've learned is you got to you got to have like outcome based aims like to some degree i mean there's a balance there obviously especially in a creative field to not think about outcomes all the time but especially i think in terms of the black and white stuff we're talking about like qualifications um you know learning the software and 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 putting you know putting something on your cv or resume or portfolio like you got to think in my opinion you got to you got to think what is the outcome what is the end product and that's why I always think like if you have a dream job in mind, find out exactly what you need to get to get. If you have a dream uh, school to get into, find out exactly what you need to get into that school. Because a lot of the time, and, you know, I wish it was it Deeksha or was it Mamuna, sorry, who who was talking about doing two. Yeah, it was me, yeah. You know, while that's incredibly impressive, I do worry that, you know, it's, it is going to be too much to some degree in that, you know, it's not it might not be the most efficient way of, of approaching it. I, I, I could be completely wrong because you, you did obviously seem to have, uh, um, you know, a, a basis for saying that it splits it into research and and software. So um, I, my general point is to say when people are thinking about, you know, what job they really want to get. I would say find out exactly what that job entails and what that job requires and then be very efficient with how you approach kind of embellishing yourself with achievements. Yeah, I think that's a great, great piece of advice. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yes, absolutely. I agree too. Uh, maybe we'll jump on to the, the last uh, guest, uh, Mamuna. I, I saw you in the audience. I was hoping you'd come up. Um, how's it going? Hi Ollie, it's so um so glad to see you here again. Um I haven't been an architect uh for a very long time. Um I just wanted to jump in as as soon as I heard sort of all these amazing sort of digital university um design morphine and I see Hamid on in the um sort of audience as well and that's been one of the biggest sort of um digital sort of university add-on for my um architecture career, especially with Pacademy, um and being able to sort of get those sort of really long nine to ten hours long sort of two-day event tutorials and um as well as what Faisal is doing as well with sort of Illusor um unless I think I'm pronouncing that correctly um but that sort of um VR AR sort of 
combining those that um hybrid sort of digital spaces of experiencing again and we sort of talked about previously sort of experiencing architecture um and um definitely something i've been sort of a huge advocate on my platform in on clubhouse with moving minds um about sort of hybrid um in architecture and that's definitely been a big huge advantage for me um especially this year with covid and everything and and weirdly that has been a huge blessing for me um with the um with the hand in hand with sort of in studio teaching and digitization of tutorials and um of lectures and having sort of people give their pre- presentations online and i find it much more engaging and much more sort of able to absorb those all those um feedbacks and thoughts and um and pre-record presentations and crits and it, it just sort of reduced a lot of anxiety and panic attack for a lot of students um, and that is something I've been a huge advocate for um, and definitely for the um, um, for um, hybrid arch- um, architecture teaching um, and um, something that I've been sort of um, pushing forward for my university um, at, at Oxford Brooks um, and I've studied previously in Westminster and it hasn't been a pleasant experience, unfortunately, Hamza, but um, but definitely is something that we um, would sort of um, like with sort of how you've been talking about Grasshopper um, and all this technology. And that's something been um, very much um, it's it's been the forefront and it really comes down to students, especially for part one, what kind of units they pick up for and what you pick what kind of units they choose and and I think that's where sort of the basis of skill sets sort of comes down to whether they're prepared for or not because it comes down to the style of the unit and what they're being taught and whether they're enjoying it and you've previously mentioned Houdini and that's a monster software um still trying to sort of get down to that um and definitely sort of um um picking and picking and choosing and not spreading yourself out too thin but understanding what your interests are doesn't matter if it's architectural or animation or coding for example if you want to merge them together you can you can do that and find your own niche and own sort of uh, um i guess own um a create a new category in architecture for that matter and that's something I sort of wanted to come up and sort of talk about how we were talking about digitization of university um, and that's all from me um, I'm Amina I'm a part one um, studying um, at Oxford Brooks um, and uh, host rooms um, um, on Clubhouse um, that's all from me thank you so much awesome yeah thanks for sharing Mamuna. I was also uh, yeah I did my part one at Oxford Brooks so I'd be kind of interesting to compare notes on how it's different but um yeah no I think the other thing that we haven't really touched on is like uh the the connections that these uh like third party um courses sometimes provide like I keep saying one of the number one advices I have for like getting a a great job at university is going to conferences and stuff like that and a lot of them are digital now you meet so many people that like you know work at the firm that you might want to work at and that connection can go a long way so there's also that that networking aspect which is which is super important obviously uh (laughs) we thought it was important enough to put in the name um but yeah, I think I don't want to keep you guys uh, for too much longer. I know we've had you for an hour and a half already, Rashab and Hamza. So uh, I don't want to 
cut into your chill Sunday any further. Rashab, it's getting a little bit later for you, isn't it? <laughs> so I don't want to keep you. Yeah, it's 11 now. <laughs> I think this has been really interesting. And again, we haven't necessarily solved all the answers, but I think it's the conversation that's definitely uh, kind of created some thinking points for us as we're cr- literally recording and creating our own platform. Um, so I think this has been super useful. So thank you. Uh, everyone for joining. I don't know if anyone has any kind of uh, final words or uh, last kind of questions, but um, I want to thank Rashab and Hamza for giving up the time to join us. I think it's been great having your perspectives. Um, And for everyone in the audience, I think we'll be back next week. Uh, Again, I'm not quite sure what the topic is, but we'll come up with something uh, before we do. Uh, Otherwise, make sure to give uh, Rashab and Hamza a follow and go through either their Instagram and their YouTube channel. They've both got really great content coming out. Uh, And yeah, be sure to kind of check out our own Instagram page on Architect Network. We'll be be posting uh, what we'll be doing next week, uh, as well as uh, releasing some more of our project programs next week. I think this week we're going to release a Zaha project and the, the, the software and the programs that they use behind a recent competition. So um thanks everyone for joining and have i i just wanted to quickly say as well like i thank you obviously thank you so much and um you know i i can sense there's a lot of people here who are not just students or professionals but they're also people in the in the kind of architecture content creation entrepreneurial space few faces i think we're at this as you say as this weird moment where things are forming things are emerging um, are going to be the, the kind of the building blocks for that and I just want to just really emphasize that we need to we need to really collaborate with each other we need to support each other because you know that's that's the way the the I forget the quote and I'm going to butcher it if I try but it's got something to do with waves and ripples uh, but essentially, uh, <laughs> if we all band together, I think we're, everyone is going to benefit. And, 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 you know, let's keep the collaboration going. So hats off to you guys. For sure. And, um, you know, Faisal is a great testament to that. I think almost to the day, Faisal, I think you interviewed me a year ago. You were like the first person to ever interview me via social media. Either today or tomorrow, it will be a year. Um I mean, you know, we've we've all collaborated. Uh, there's a lot of familiar faces here, and I think we'll just uh, continue to to collaborate and and kind of grow this new uh, digital architect uh, space, which will be super. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I love the collaborative nature that that architecture is um, sort of sort of going into. And just to leave a quote for for Hamza, this is an African proverb. And it says, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's, I guess, one of my biggest lessons over the past year. I love the collaborative nature that, um, that we're seeing, especially since COVID, uh, since the lockdown. So, so yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. And th- thanks, nice. Hamza, for, for jumping on as well. And great yeah. meeting you for the first time. Uh, this was great. Awesome. So here's to, to future collaborations with everyone on, on stage and in the audience. So, uh We'll speak to you guys next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and have a good Sunday. Cheers. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for inviting me. So much for joining.